Well, hello. This is Gary, and you're listening to Taking Out Love. Today's podcast recorded March 21st, 2023. It's like almost like think like looking at the date. It'll just mean that. Trumpism is very much in the past and a you know a distant memory, you know, but nah, it's still it's still right now the present, you know. It, it's still very much lingering, you know. It's annoying. When will it go away? Trumpism. American fascism. A famous con man becomes a game show host. Then at the height of that show's fame, he says really racist stuff. Increases his political viability to become the president. A major political organization nominates him. Because he's saying racist stupid shit. And it gets people excited. So he gets a major party's nomination. The other two finalists are Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz. For that organization. Those are their three best contestants, if you will, candidates. Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, and Donald John Trump. That was the Republican Party's three finalists back in 2016. Yikes. One of two options that organization is. One of two. Two. That's it. And, and again, technically, that's not true. There are others, but it just they weren't really presented as an option in 2016. It's still just this or that, even though one of the two, their three finalists are those three gentlemen, if you want to call them that. You know, Donald John Trump should have been eliminated. Those are your three finalists, so process elimination. Donald Trump, the first to go, obviously and clearly. The least qualified of the three. So obviously he's the first to go. But no, Republican Party didn't do that. Instead, he was just the last one standing because he was the most odd and peculiar, the least qualified. He had zero experience. He was a game show host at the time. He got that job because he became quite famous in the 80s and 90s. Every time he bankrupted a company, it made the news. Every time he cheated on his wife, it made the news. Every time he got sued for not paying his employees, it made the news. Yeah. You know, he was already born wealthy, and so he could buy stuff. He could use his money to create a company. The company would lose money after an initial gain. You know, when it first starts up, it increases in value because it gets investors, and then after the, a year or so, then it loses a shit ton of money. And then you can claim a loss, avoid paying taxes for a while, sometimes maybe as many as 20 years. While he's living a lavish life, while he might very well have a trust fund that's paying him $400,000 a month as much. Yeah, he inherited $400 million. That's a shit ton of money. You can buy stuff when you have $400 million. say a golf course, and put your name on it. Yeah. 
So he's a guy that became really, really famous. What he was famous for was bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, being a racist, sexist idiot that was born with a shit ton of money. So it didn't matter how badly he fucked up, he always got to be wealthy. Yeah. And that was kind of his story. But because he became so famous, there was a certain value in his fame to the point that even though he was a more of a notoriety in the old days, uh, it just, fame is fame. There's a value in it. And so he became a game show host in the early 2000s, a game show called The Apprentice. Yeah. And then at the height of that show's fame, Donald John Trump started saying racist stuff, and it got people excited and said he should be the president. It was, uh, it sucked, you know, pretty deflating. I mean, that was years ago now, better part of a decade ago, and Donald John Trump's meteoric rise continued, you know. He'd been running for president since the early 1990s, always and purely and solely as a publicity stunt. It was, again, that same exact thing in 2016, but... For whatever reason, bipartisanship, I guess. Uh, the media just inundated us with Trump. Love him or hate him, most hate. I don't really hate him. It's just kind of loathe the man and have since I was a kid. He's kind of the embodiment of the wealth gap. You know, different set of rules for the wealthy folk that inherit wealth. Massive amounts of wealth, $400 million in today's dollars is what he inherited. He was not lent $1 million, a paltry $1 million. No, no, no. no. He was given as a birthright $400 million. A trust fund was created for him when he was a small little boy. And by the time he was a grown man, he was already a millionaire. For monies that was given to him as a birthright by his father and used it to buy stuff fancy clothes fancy things and put his name on it and it increased his fame and now that guy is still technically eligible to run for president in 2024 he abused his power he attempted to overthrow the government through violence he's encouraging violence now as he's in facing indictment for criminal you know it's just insane you know it's it's still lingering we're still in this this stupid trumpism bullshit that started decades ago you know the trump stories this is we just got to a new chapter in it in 2016 the meteoric just Refuse to go away one Donald John Trump after his sixth bankruptcy when I was in high school and he disappeared and the news covered it as he's finally done. No, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. A game show host, producer guy, the guy, same guy that produced Survivor, he's the one that revived Donald John Trump's career. Donald John Trump is a champion of the affluent class. Yes, he convinced millions of folks to vote for him because he's going to build a wall in the desert. 
and ban Muslims and all that kind of stuff. That's what got people excited to vote for him. He also claimed Barack Obama wasn't born in America. He claimed that because Barack Obama has darker skin. His father was born in Kenya. Oh yes, Barack Obama's mother was a white lady that was born in Kansas. And Barack Obama was born in Hawaii, which is, of course, a U.S. state. But, yeah, it's, it's just another theme in the Donald John Trump story. He was a well-known racist going way, way, way back. Way, way back. It's, it's not really like a secret or some shit. You know. The Central Park Five and his ad in the New York Post. That was a kid. Remember hearing the story about it? You know, like it's um, it's just nuts that he was allowed to linger around so long. Why was he awarded a game show? I mean, that was bad enough. That was annoying enough. You know, now he's back. Yay! Boom! Bam! Bam! Up! You know, then the misuse of that, you know, they're kind of, that song isn't, shouldn't, it's not really praising a person like Trump, kind of missing the meaning of that song, but it's more meant to be a warning against being a person like fucking Trump. It's all a mirage anyway, you know, he's leasing the jet that he's, Coming out of, yeah, he, he's a wealthy guy, so he gets to live a wealthy life. No, he didn't earn it. No, he's not successful. He's just a wealthy guy. And wealthy people get to live wealthy lives. They have an organization that's protecting their interests, too. It's called the Republican Party. They're the one that cut taxes for the wealthy in big, massive corporations back in 2017. Donald John Trump signed it into law, and they had a big celebration, and it was televised on the news. Not sure if you saw it, though, if you were watching Fox News. The Republican Party is celebrating lowering the tax rate for big, massive corporations and wealthy people and calling it the crowning achievement of their careers. You know, Yes, they had convinced millions of regular folk to vote for them because Donald John Trump was going to have Mexico build a wall, pay for the cost of building a wall in the middle of the desert. And that's what got people most excited about Donald John Trump. No, the wall never got built, and no, Mexico was not going to pay for it, and they made that abundantly clear right off the bat. The president of Mexico said, no, we're not paying for that fucking wall. You know, it's a stupid idea, a colossal fucking waste of money that achieves zero revenue, nothing, no gains, purely cost to achieve nothing. Yeah, so obviously you don't actually do go through with it. It's a massive, colossal waste of money. It's just a, yeah, a drain of resources that you get nothing back from. That's it. That's what it is. You know, that that's what was being promised, really, in reality. Most people knew that, but but even some of the people that were going along with it knew it too. That's why they never went through with actually. You know, trying to get legislation passed to have a wall built in the desert. You know, and the proving of the funding of billions and billions of dollars spent to build a wall in the desert to appease people that don't like Latinos. No, I'm not going to actually go through that. So the first thing they did do 
is cut the amount of revenue that is coming in to the treasury to fund the cost of things. Yeah. So, obviously, with that tax bill they signed in 2017, the last thing on their mind was funding the cost of a multi-billion dollar wall project in the middle of the desert, stretching for thousands of miles. Because the first thing they did was lowered tax rate for wealthy people, like, you know, one Donald John Trump, where two of the years he was president, he paid zero in taxes. I, a regular working class person, paid more in taxes, literally, than Donald John Trump did in one of two of the years he was president. I'm just a regular working class person. I even got a letter from the IRS saying I didn't pay quite enough. Still owe $179, they said. They combed through the records. But Donald John Trump paid zero two of the years. No review there, though. No actual audit of that. Because, yeah, Donald John Trump got to a point who the uh, head of the IRS is. And so they kind of look the other way a lot of times when it comes to real wealthy people like Donald John Trump. But then they will comb through the records of the people making 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 grand a year. Yeah, people relying on public assistance and stuff. People get all fired up about those folks. But the folks that are living lavish lives, flying in fancy jets and all that kind of stuff, and then paying little to not anything in taxes, it just pay them no mind. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how many people just go along with it. And it has a lot to do with the Fox News thing. You know, Fox News created this Trumpism monster, you know, and now they're sort of kind of trying to contain it, but not really. They're heavily reliant on it now, you know. <laughs> they fed the beast, and now it's out and about roaming around, you know. It's Real live people that actually voted for Trump that bought into his ideology of acting violently towards people that you disagree with and stuff. You know, corruption, greed, <laughs> blatant racism and sexism. Yeah, yeah, they, they embrace Trumpism ideology, a very oppressive, violently oppressive type of government that selectively enforces particular laws, you know. Republican Party is an organization that supports certain laws that says the government man has the right to punish particular women because they had a procedure done. They needed to go to the doctor and have a medical procedure done. So now some women, not all women that get procedure done, but some women in certain areas will be facing criminal consequences by government man. He's going to be looking into and investigating some women as to why they went to the doctor. Other women will be left alone, though. And that's the purpose of the law. To have a selectively enforced mint and subjugation of particular women. And that's, that's the purpose of the anti-abortion laws created in certain states. So that certain women know their place, if you will. The law has nothing to do with saving babies. A saving baby law would be investment in babies. Yeah. Maternity leave, health care, nutrition programs, all that kind of stuff. Making it easier for babies to live healthy lives and then to grow up and be, you know, young children, young adults, adults, and live long, happy lives. A law that uh, says a government man has the right to just start harassing particular women because they went to the doctor. 
That doesn't really have anything to do with saving a baby. Nothing at all, really. It's government man saying he has jurisdiction over women. Particular women. He knows better. to. He's going to be leaving wealthy white women alone. But other women, yes, they're going to be facing severe consequences in certain areas of the country if they need to go to the doctor and have a procedure done. They're going to be facing criminal consequences in those states. And that's the reality of the law. We're no longer in the you believe stuff about when life begins. That's wonderful. Those are wonderful philosophical discussions to get into. But now we're talking about a law that... By its nature and how it's written, it has to be selectively enforced because it can't be fully enforced. It will require government man to be intervening with every single woman who lives in state in some form or another, checking up on every single woman. Is she sexually active? Did she buy a pregnancy test recently? What are the results? Yeah, government man needs to know because there's this law that says that she can't get an abortion. If woman is discovered to be pregnant and then for some reason isn't, government man has to find out why. Yeah. So obviously government man is not going to be doing that with wealthy white women of privilege who have the means to hire, you know, legal representation to fight against government man. Those women who do not have those kind of resources, though, will face the full wrath of government man who will be intervening in women's life and asking them all kinds of invasive questions and intimidating them because they needed to go to the doctor or need to go to the doctor. Government man disapproves and so is going is threatening to punish woman because she needs to go to the doctor. That's what the law is now. We're in that now. That's the present day. So your philosophical debate about when life begins is no longer really kind of relevant right now because now the law is on the books and real live women are being fucked with messed with harassed intimidated you know being charged with crimes or something by government man and it's a selectively charging type of thing many women will be left alone certain particular groups of women poor minority women are going to be the focus of government man he's the one that's going to say to certain particular women, they're going to face criminal charges. I'm going to start harassing them. And that's what the law is truly about. Yep. You have objections to that procedure? Offer alternatives. You're pro-life? Be pro-life. Healthcare should be a right. Healthcare should be a right. Pro-lifers, shouldn't it? If you're pro-life, shouldn't healthcare be a right? Why are you worried about the profit margin of a health insurance company? Why is that your first objection to healthcare as a right? Why are you talking about health insurance companies? We should be curing the sick. That seems pretty blatant and obvious. Yes? Why are you fighting against that, pro-lifers? Why is that a thing? I'm pro-life. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. No, I don't believe government man should be threatening women because they need to go to the doctor, but I'm very pro-life, yeah. Healthcare should be a right. Education should be a right. Does it mean the wealthiest have to pay a higher tax rate? Yes, it does. And so what? They'll still be fine. 
they have plenty of money. And they'll still have plenty of money if they pay an exorbitant tax rate. That's the funny thing. When you have millions and billions of dollars coming your way. Or already have that much. Yeah. yeah. Small percentage rate of returns is an exorbitant amount of money that comes your way doing nothing. Yeah, once you already have money, it's extremely easy to make more money. You don't have to do anything. You just have to have money already. Yeah, that's how the system kind of works. So there's been many measures over the years by people in positions of power and government to make it so that those that already have money can balloon their massive you know, value of estates even quicker, doing even less. Yeah. So we need to stop that from happening. We got to start poking some holes in, in this excess that's at the top. It's, it's, we're an extremely top-loaded economy. And it's abundant in the communities we live where we see all the same businesses. Yeah, those are owned by really... <laughs> all those businesses that are around America and all that stuff, it's really just like a few thousand people that own the majority ownership stake in all those big, massive companies. Receiving the vast bulk of the benefit of all that productivity, all that revenue, all that work, people going to work every day. There's a lot of revenue being generated in this economy, more than enough to fund the cost of hospitals and schools. That's what healthcare as a right means. It means that we have hospitals that people can go to when they get sick. The hospitals are staffed with medical professionals that take care of humans when they get sick. What a novel idea, huh? Health insurance. If you want health insurance, go ahead. What are they offering you? If you live in a society that has health care as a right, what is your health insurance company offering you? That is certainly a question to ask once you get to that, that crossroad there. Do you want to continue to be a customer for that, with that for-profit company? Do you want to pay 200 bucks a month for something that's giving you nothing? They will pay, pay a portion of a bill that you never get. So what are you getting? Yeah, you're going to probably start asking that. But why is that your first concern? Why have you been trained to be most concerned with profit margins of health insurance companies? Yeah, the CEOs of those companies, the board of directors of those companies do very well. Shareholders of those companies do very well. Are you a shareholder? Of Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Kaiser Permanente, those other health insurance companies? There's an ongoing debate about how do we make healthcare a right, and there's millions of people that years ago they were most concerned about their health insurance. Why? Yeah, you might not need it anymore. If you want to keep buying it, it's your money. We're a capitalist society, whether we have healthcare as a right or not. <laughs> we're still capitalist. You can earn as much money as you want, you can spend it as freely as you want. If you want to pay some company 200 bucks a month and they don't have to ever give you anything in return hey that's your prerogative but during that healthcare debate during the beginning of the Obama years it the the whole debate just got hijacked into this weird those town hall meetings and stuff and and then the left wasn't really much better where they were there there's too much of this trying to meet in the middle you know the Republican Party back then was healthcare should not be a right. 
That was their position. No. N-O. To the question of should health care be a right, the leaders of that organization, no. And that's really it. You know, so what is the middle? It, it's a, it's this cumbersome, bullshit, dumb thing where you, you well, you have to have health insurance or else you're going to pay a fee or a fine of some kind. What? Eh. It's some sort of toenail in the door or something. But no, we just need to have hospitals that are funded directly, staffed with medical professionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially in areas where there's like lots of humans living there should be maybe even more than one hospital, you know. So, areas where humans are living in the United States of America, there should be hospitals there that take care of the humans when they get sick. So, we should make sure we have money to pay for those places and staffed with medical professionals who are paid accordingly. Yeah, pretty kind of no-duh, that's what it is. And the obvious thing, though, is like, yeah, if we pay for it directly, we just pay for hospitals, medical clinics, and that kind of thing, and the staffing appropriately, well, then the cost goes way down. Yeah, because you, you don't have this middleman called the health insurance company. He's not in there anymore. I mean, those are massive, big entities that accrue massive profits. Those profits aren't paid on health care. They're profits. They go into the pockets of the people that own the company. Yeah. So if you just pay for health care directly, then the cost is dramatically reduced. You just get rid of the middleman guy. Yeah. But the Republican Party is the organization that protects the middleman. Yeah. The shareholders of the health insurance company. An entity that would soon become almost irrelevant. The demand for their product would drop instantly as soon as healthcare just became a right and we invested in hospitals. Same is true of education. There's various, you know, lenders and such, you know, financial institutions that benefit from, you know, higher education not being a right in any form, really. You know, you, you have to either get a scholarship or something, you know, but if you're good enough to go get accepted, well, then you're good enough to accept it. I graduated from a public university, but I graduated with debt. I had to borrow money that was paid directly to the school while I was going there. Paid directly by the federal government. So it's a publicly funded university. It gets a certain number of people that go there, and its funding is based off the number of people that go there. So all that's kind of the same. It's just the student isn't on the hook for the money. That's the only thing you just eliminate. So, yeah, that it, you just get rid of the middleman. A school, you know, is its own school and it has its own idea, you know, its own ideology or whatever. It's its mascots and its campus and its its uh, mission statement, acceptance standards and all that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's certain vibe. Yeah, and a certain number of enrollment. Its funding is based off kind of enrollment and all that, that federal funding it gets. The school itself has different ways that it can generate money. But, you know, going to school, getting your books, that's just part of going to school. It's a publicly funded university, so if you want to go there, apply. 
If accepted, then you would go. Yeah, and your living costs is that's what you would need a job for or maybe get some sort of loan or something. But no cost to go to the school. We can do that, you, you know. It, it. But it's one of those things where the value of an education is priceless and therefore it, you can charge a shit ton of money for it. And people that lend money to for your rights to go there because some schools are going to charge more it's it's going to seem like the value is greater it's really just they have higher admission standards and stuff really you know the various schools that have various reputations and stuff all that's still the same the admission standards are still the same it's you know you still get the same type of thing it's just it opens it up more broadly anyone of any socioeconomic background if they want to go to school keep going to school they can if you're not good enough to get in university right away like I was then you go to a community college for a bit maybe even take some math 99 sub college level classes to kind of get caught up which is what I had to do eventually you know I got into uh, statistics and calculus and stuff in college uh, which was all part of the degree but you know I had to start at sub college level math to get kind of caught back up freshman math skills you know why not why not allow the public to get educated and stay healthy we are the ones doing all the work you know but it makes us a little bit harder to control I think you know when we're healthy and educated we don't just abide by every stupid rhetoric that comes our way you know it's harder to fall for propaganda if you're healthy in mind body and spirit you know if you got various toxins in your body in one form or another, various stresses and anxieties that you allow to linger too long, you know, you're going to be opened more up to the propaganda type shit. But when, I don't know, I, I find the Fox News propaganda stuff pretty, pretty jarring. You know, I, I can only consume it in small, small doses because it's just so blatant that that's what it is you know they're trying to make you feel a very particular way i'm doing that too but in a more broad open up your mind kind of way you know use your mind that you've been given there's too many people that were told that donald john trump was a successful businessman even though he famously wasn't but they were told he was and then they were told this like they were showing this opening montage on a game show. And that's what it was. It was a game show where it presented him as what he always wanted to be perceived as. But it was just him. You know, it's just fancy stuff, fancy clothes, hair tightly coiffed. The image of a successful businessman. And he got to present it because, you know, it's a TV show that has producers and editors and music and all that. But it's still just him. But people fell for it. They thought the show was real. Like real, real. You know, unscripted entirely. Like he had no script to read, I think, people thought, or something. They thought it was reality TV in the truest sense, like a documentary. Disappointing. But here we are all these years later, and he's still lingering. But it's... it's getting 
close to the rubber meeting the road here, you know. Like, that, that guy has been doing a lot of wrongdoing for decades. And him becoming the president doesn't mean he gets to, like, avoid ever facing any consequences for any of his actions that he's engaged in over his life, you know. That doesn't mean that now he's now he's immune. He actually pulled it off. The one final great con of his dubious career, he convinced enough people, not the majority, and he certainly didn't finish in first place, but in 2016 he did indeed win the Electoral College to become the President of the United States of, of America. And he actually served a full four-year term even while abusing his power and just being kind of a clown show idiot the entire time, spent most of his time just tweeting and doing Fox News interviews and campaigning to be president again. Did, obviously didn't take the job too seriously. He knew how to be Donald John Trump, and he knew nothing else. So he just ramped it up to 11, you know. He just kicked it up several notches, really, of the Donald John Trump bombastic vulgar dipshit persona that he had, you know, sort of really honed over the last many decades, you know, now he's the real deal president of the United States of America, so it kind of, it was full tilt Trump, you know, all outlets all the time, and again, I was so burnt out on hearing about that stupid fuck when I was in high school, it's going to be 25 years since I graduated high school this June. And it's like, the longer this fucking Trumpism bullshit lingers, like, what is our country supposed to be in the future? What what are we? United in what? Like, he represented the opposite of democracy. He was an advocate for violence and corruption and greed and apathy. And just not giving a fuck. And that's what he was an advocate for. But all that was known long ago, I don't, who missed the memo or what the fuck happened there, you know, <laughs> he was a famous dipshit who then became a game show host. And then he just ramped up his dipshittedness at the height of that show's fame. There's your Cliff Notes fucking biography of that guy. And years after he lost the election but attempted to violently overthrow the government, he's still lingering around. There's still people supporting him, proudly saying they'll vote for him, threatening violence if something happens to him in some sort of criminal way, if he finally faces criminal consequences for his years of wrongdoing. It's like, when will it go away? How does it dissipate? And I find that's the best word, dissipate, a dissipation. A, a not of, there's no revolution needed. We just need to continue being a democracy and let the Trumpism dissipate. Let people come to their senses. Let people wake up. It's okay to be awake. I'm awake right now. Maybe it's just the way that it's phrased, woke. People don't like that. Because Fox News is very against people being woke. Alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic? How about that? I'm alive, awake, and alert, enthusiastic. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. That's no, hard to say stuff. You got to go quicker and quicker. I'm alive, awake, alert. I'm alert, awake, alive. I'm alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. I used to sing that at the uh, summer camp every morning. It worked out for a bit. Go faster and faster. It gets uh, 
Gets the young kids pretty excited sometimes, you know. Revved up for the day. It's okay to be awake, you know, when it's time to be awake. Would you rather be in a coma? Do you, mind, do you want to be aware of other people and how they live and the, the wide variety that is humanity? Or do you want to be closed off and narrow-minded? I, I, I prefer to be the former of the two, like awake, alert, enthusiastic for the world. If you don't want to be that, that's, what's, that's what it means to be anti-woke. It means you want to be closed-minded, indifferent, apathetic, asleep at the wheel. Why be that way? It doesn't mean you need to be liberal or whatever. You can have a conservative viewpoint and still be aware of the world, you know, or something. You know, you can still have individual liberty and small government are very important. People need to work hard to achieve their goals and stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% on board with that. Very much pro-individual liberty, small government. Hence, the necessity to speak out against the modern-day Republican Party. Because they are not those things. They picked one Donald John Trump back in 2016 to be the president. He was running a very fascist-style campaign. One advocating violence and such. Yes, he was such a cartoonishly stupid buffoon of a man that it was hard to take him seriously, even though he was trying really, really, really hard to be Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, Mussolini types. That's what he wanted to be. He made it very clear those were his heroes. He would quote Mussolini in his tweets sometimes. Those were his heroes. Those were his leadership aspirations he has a copy of mind confident is it's been known that that's like one of his favorite books he used to have it by his bed he's that kind of guy but he's also a lazy idiot easily distracted uh, and just has a very short attention span and poor intellect so thankfully you know, although his aspirations were Mussolini, Hitler, Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, that's what he wanted to be, he was really just a clown, dangerous clown, you know. But even the January 6th thing, as bad as it was, yeah, it could have been way, way, way worse, you know. Like, you've seen how videos of third world countries, when it comes to that, it gets pretty fucking bad. But... There was something almost, and that's what Tucker Carlson of Fox News was trying to present. There is something almost kind of clownish and sort of embarrassing and just kind of, oh, it just feels kind of sorry. and They just look kind of pitiful, you know, like, what are they doing? They're attempting to, like, they're invading the Capitol because Donald John Trump told them to do it. He, he told them he lost, he actually won the election. No, he lost by seven million. Like, what are you? You actually believe him to the point of actually you're going to commit crimes on his behalf? You literally think, oh my goodness. But they're there. There they are, you know. Real life folks that genuinely think this whole time Donald John Trump was like a champion of working class folk. A hard working guy. Successful businessman type. Why do they think that? Like, he was in the news. 
That's why he's famous. He was in the news. He would be covered as a news event. He's bankrupt again. He's getting sued again. You know, he cheated on his wife again. No, none of these businesses that he's created a year or two ago with big fanfare are doing well. No. Where does this myth that he's a successful businessman come from? Who started that? He was famous. That's it. Because he was born wealthy and he wanted to be famous. Got to serve a full four-year term because of the Republican Party. They're unwilling to hold him accountable. And there's still only one of two options. There's still millions of people declaring that, that it's either Trump or, or maybe DeSantis. Just a different version of Trump. Just as bad. Ruthless, cruel, sociopathic in certain ways. You know, just the fame and power has definitely gone to that guy's head. So, um, I don't know. Our, our country has to get our shit together. This Trumpism shit has to dissipate quickly. It doesn't mean embracing some kind of leftist ideology, but we we got to get away from fascism. You know, it's it's um, it's not good. You know, we we can do better. And it'd be awesome though if we could demand just basic stuff. We could still be a work hard, make yourself your best life kind of society. You know, individual liberty, all that kind of thing. And still have hospitals as right and education as right. Because those are priceless things. But we, they're, they're priceless things with known specific costs. You know, what does it cost to run a school that has X number of students going to it? What does it cost to run a hospital that has X staff and a certain number Y, you know, residents in the area? How much money will it cost to fund that hospital? We know that kind of, we know the costs, the cost costs. You know, healthcare, education. But we've been convinced to worry about these middle people in the middle there. You know, how do we pay for healthcare if there isn't that middleman called the health insurance company? Well, we'd pay for the hospital directly. But how would the health insurance company continue to retain the profit at its current margin? It probably wouldn't. That's very concerning to the Republican Party. How would you pay for education as a right? Higher education? Public universities? By paying for the universities directly, kind of based off enrollment and meeting certain education standards, whatever. It gets a certain amount of federal direct funding that can sustain a certain amount of enrollment or whatever. But how would college loan lenders continue to retain their current profit margin? You know, if people didn't have to borrow money to go to universities. That's very concerning to the Republican Party. Now, yes, those types of entities have other ways they can make money. Insurance companies have other insurance products they can offer. Disability income, long-term care would probably still very much be in demand and probably become more in demand if healthcare became a right. Life insurance of its various types, term life, whole life, universal life, variable universal life, would all continue to exist in a society in which healthcare is a right. So... Providers of health insurance products could certainly offer different types of products and hopefully have been engaging in this already and researching different products they can offer if the demand for their product most likely dissipates quickly once going to a doctor is simply a right. But why that is such a big massive concern of government, how this very, very particular product 
health insurance in its very particular form today. Pay us a monthly fee and then we pay a portion of your health and of your hospital bill. That very particular type of product is just one is just a product. It's not the only thing that company selling said product sells. They sell other types of insurance products. But there's people high in government that are very worried about that one particular product this company sells continuing to be marketable, continuing to be viable as a product in the future in which going to a doctor is a right. Yeah, that, that product becomes virtually worthless in, the, in, its, in its current form. Health insurance in that very particular style. Pay us a monthly premium and then we pay a portion of your bill when you get it. Obviously, if you never get a bill, you'll probably start questioning what it is you're paying your monthly premium for. Yeah. But that's why we don't have healthcare as a right. Because that very particular type of product that certain companies, certain insurance companies sell, would become virtually worthless. And the demand would drop quite a bit. Those companies would have to differentiate their product and offer other products, and that's that's called work. Yeah, that's called change. That's called adapting to society. That's called the business adapting to the demands of a society, and that's difficult. Yeah, and they don't want to do that. So what they do is they, you know, buy messaging. They buy ads and they buy politicians to just keep it the same yeah because change is difficult sometimes for some people yeah and that's why we don't have the right to go to a doctor when we're sick yeah so it'd be cool if it was a right yeah that'd be neat you get sick go get healed there's people that work their whole lives to be able to do that that's what they aspire to be when they're children. They want to grow up to be someone that heals people. They want to be a doctor or a nurse, and that's what they become. But because of that middleman guy, a lot of times they get bogged down with other bullshit that doesn't really have as much to do with healing people. So if you paid for that kind of thing directly, hospitals and the staffing of people in hospital to take care of humans when they get sick, it obviously would be more efficient and cost-effective, you know. And less stressful for the people working in those careers because they could just focus purely on taking care of people when they get sick. So the staffing levels would probably improve too because you could, you know, just kind of streamline stuff, proper funding, you know what costs are, you know how many people are, you know. But, again, it, it would mean that certain people who own certain sectors of the economy their portfolios may drop in value. You know, and so that's that's just not really what the masses of us are willing to risk. A small portion of people having certain portions of their portfolio go down in value isn't worth all of us being able to go to a doctor when we're sick. And yeah, that's the trade-off. Yeah. And the Republican Party made that clear seven years ago when they signed a tax bill lowering the tax rate for wealthy people and and uh, big corporations. That's their focus. That's what they do. 
In order to do that, they got to convince enough of regular folk who don't make millions of dollars a year, who are the type of folk who would certainly benefit from health care as a right. They got to convince enough of those folks to be, you know, against health care as a right, against education as a right. Can't be for those things because they're socialism or something. And as long as they convince enough of the working class folk to go along with it, to go along with their messaging, then they get to stay in power and cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. It's benefits the wealthy. The wealth cap has been ballooning pretty badly over the last few generations, and it's getting out of control because we're on a, you know, planet's finite in size, and the country's only so big. The estates of the wealthy can only expand so much before... Uh, there's going to be some upheaval, you know. Um, a wealthy aristocrat guy was able to convince enough common folk to act violently on his behalf. A, a, like a famous wealthy buffoon born into the aristocracy. Never a respected member of our society by any stretch of the imagination, really. But well known. Republican Party is the organization that picked that guy and stuck with him and still, by and large, is with him. Marco Rubio nominated that guy to be the Speaker of the House. You know. So they're, they're still fully on board. We need more options. and uh, But we also most expeditiously need a dissipation from the Trumpism bullshit. It's time for that guy to go. Face some reckoning. At the very bare minimum, we need to find a way to just close the door on his eligibility to ever be president again. That needs to be shut. There's plenty of other people in this country, plenty of people that identify as conservatives and such, um, that could do better than Trump. Every single one of us knows hundreds, if not thousands of people who would be better than Trump. Yep. Yep. All of us do. You know, he, he was the worst among us, the, you know, so the, the, he had no business serving the post to begin with. So every day since then has only revealed that, yeah, no, he, he, he can't do the job again. We, we don't need to, do, to make that mistake again. We can do better. We can do better, you know, and we will. We will do better in 2024. I'm hoping the person that gets the nomination in 2024 is not an R. The R needs to, the R's need to face some kind of reckoning here. You know, it went on, it's gone on way too long. It's too absurd and ridiculous how far they leaned into Trumpism for them to just maintain absolute relevance no matter what. Well, they're still just one of the two. This or that. Yeah, they're the organization that picked a game show host dumb shit to be the president and then let him stay in power for four years even though he abused his power and then stuck with him after he encouraged violence and commit you know and had his supporters try to overthrow the government and they also stuck with him even after you know civil suits criminal charges indictments and pending yeah the organization is by and large still stuck with him still supports this kind of rhetoric and stuff they're trying to find a way to dissipate some of them it seems because they know he's bad, but it's just crazy time.
I'm looking forward to the dissipation of Trumpism quick. We can do it. You know, we can do better. We can be a better society where we have individual liberty, a small government that's not meddling in our affairs, but each person goes out and gets what they want to get, you know, within reason, you know. It's not really any cap to earnings, but you get way, way, way up there, yeah, you're going to be, your percentage tax is going to go quite up, you know, but that's going to fund the foundational type stuff that, yeah, you, you're going to be relying on in some form or another as well. You own some big, massive entity. Yeah, you're going to need healthy people, educated people to be able to be productive for you. If you're not willing to pay them properly, well, yeah, healthy, educated, educated people might move on and find a different gig. And that's how it goes, you know. That it and that just is what it is. I've been able to bounce around from different jobs and pick up new work fairly quickly over the years in different sectors of the economy because, you know, I, I stay healthy and I have a college degree. I think that college degree helps a lot. It's kind of priceless, even though I've never really made much money. It just allows me to stay productive. Work sometimes you don't have certain things on the resume or something. It's hard to get just going. The society, especially if you're, once you're in the the grind of the working class, man, it's just grind forward. Hospitals and schools ain't no safety net. That's just like at least some kind of basic foundation kind of type thing. You, you know it's there, you know. It's, schooling is schooling. Schooling's not a safety net. Going to school is going to school. It's education. It's not a safety net. But that's a term that leaders in the Republican Party will use. And then safety net for a hospital? Okay. Yeah, you, you fall and it catches you because you got sick. So you get healed and then you go back to work. Yeah, it's called a hospital. People that work there to heal people. Why are you against it? You don't think some people are worthy of being healed? Why is that, Mitch McConnell? Why is that, Republican Party? Why are... Which humans are worthy of being healed? Wealthy ones? How much money is worth being healed? You know, like, what is the value of health? What is the value of good health? I would say it's certainly pretty priceless. You know, the, va the value of getting healed. My value in being able to like, seek a dentist right now, or just like a regular just physical checkup, make sure everything's good. They have a pretty good value to me. I'm not sure about willing to pay monetarily because I, I don't really have any money. I don't have health insurance. You know, doctors cost money. So you can go to the, the goofy clinic that's got, that has limited resources and stuff. But why don't we just have health care that's a riot? You get sick, you need treatment, you go get healed. Why do we have to make it so complicated? Because we've been... Too many of us have been trained to make it complicated, to worry about the interest of a very particular sector of the economy and one very particular product that they sell. Health insurance. Why do we not have health care as a right? Health insurance. How does that product continue to remain relevant if we fund hospitals directly? Yeah. But we've been trained to think otherwise. Government-run health care. No. Medical professionals run health care. 
just like it is now. Durr. <laughs> Hello. Come on now. It's this hospitals cost a certain amount to fund a certain amount of people there, and if it's a certain size and whatever, yeah, it, it, there's still accounting done at hospitals. Yeah. X number of beds and whatever. Yeah, the they, hospital administrators know what the cost of their hospital is. The cost to run the place. Yeah. So. Public funded healthcare is yeah we have hospitals and medical clinics paramedics that in cases of emergencies and pick people up and stuff yeah it just means that when humans in this country get sick they can go to that place a hospital and get healed and then go on with their life that's that's what public healthcare is it's not government run healthcare what a stupid term no it's not socialism it's just that hospital that most likely is already in your town. Publicly funded healthcare means when you get sick, go there. Okay, they'll they'll check in, ask whatever, ask get get your medical history, and then they'll treat you. And then when it's time to get checked out, you get checked out. Yeah, so no, you don't need a credit card or exchange money. But yeah, the fun, place is well funded and all that. Yeah, the staff gets well paid, appropriately, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That doesn't mean you, the person making regular money, is paying exorbitant taxes. No, your tax rate's probably about the same as it is now, if not slightly lower, if you're a regular person. But yeah, if you're in the upper, upper, upper income, making millions of dollars a year, yeah, your tax rate's higher in that system there. So not socialism, though, because socialism is where everyone makes the exact same amount of money. So by definition, what I've been describing over many a podcast is not socialism. So, hopefully, uh, yeah, there's just more embracing of, like, positivity, like, doing better, like, this society can, can be better, more united, it doesn't have to just embrace negativity and the worst in us, you know, why, why not be better, wasn't that Donald Trump's wife, wasn't that her, her thing be better or something like that. I don't know. Let's be better, you know. Let's be our best selves. Let's stop getting out of our own way. Let's dissipate from Trump. Let's let him face some reckoning and maybe dissipate from the Republican Party for a while until they get their shit together. Let's get some new options. Let's get some fresh blood, you know. Let's have some better representation, at, especially at the federal level. You know, what type of people are deciding to make laws on our behalf? You know, we can do a lot better. So make sure you're registered to vote and participating. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud. So uh, every time I record a podcast, uh, I listen back to it. And I uh, always find little errors and stuff. So it's the most recent one. made a reference to... Uh, uh, the recent uh, nomination for that long uh, drawn out thing to nominate Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. I said that Marco Rubio nominated Donald John Trump to be Speaker of the House, but it was actually Matt Gates on this Congress floor. So, I want to give credit where credit is due, as it were. You know, it's 
kind of shitting on Marco Rubio a little bit earlier. And, eh. Sometimes there's a glimmer in that guy's eye, or just some of a, there's some kind of like, of those three finalists back in 2016, it was like, you know, the, the least shitty, you know, like, like, eh, I don't know, you know, you, you, like, stomach him, like, of the three finalists of 2016, you know, so, Trump, Cruz, and Marco Rubio, you know, those are your three finalists, I mean, it's, it's Rubio you would you would pick, right? I mean, right? Yes. Lesser of the th- three evils, least of the three evils type things. So. Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> Matt Gates was the one that nominated Donald Trump, former president, to be the Speaker of the House. Yeah, he, he doesn't even serve in the Congress. You know, he's he's just a at-large citizen now. He doesn't speak very eloquently. To say the least. Yikes. Speaker of the House. So this kind of a... You know. Got to give credit where credit is due. So, uh, yeah. Mike Gates from, I think, Florida. Was the one that nominated Trump to be the Speaker of the House. That long, drawn out, however many nominations it finally took. Votes it finally took to get McCarthy, of all people, to become Speaker of the House. He's speaking on... On behalf of the People's House, Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah, more options presented soon. But, uh, yeah, make sure registered to vote. Make sure you're voting for good ones. Empathetic people that care about humans, you know. Not for apathetic assholes that are just gonna care about the interests of wealthy people you know and disengage in stupid rhetoric what are they really saying read between the lines of some of these stupid politicians that engage in pure rhetoric when they're in interviews and stuff and they just regurgitate the same answers over and over and over you know like if their entire message is purely just kicking down the other side they have nothing to offer legislatively you know how do you fund hospitals and schools directly increase the taxes on the wealthiest and the biggest corporations where the most massive portions of revenues is pouring into from the productivity of the working class yeah, use it to invest directly in the working class. Over the years, if the working class who are healthy and more educated start creating more small businesses and divesting from big massive entities and it has a negative impact on the wealthiest that own those entities, that may very well happen, yes. But that the economy will work itself out in a democratic society that has choice and freedom, individual liberty and such. Although it still exists in a society where you have the right to go to a doctor and get an education. Certainly not a socialist society. Just publicly funded health care and publicly funded education. Plenty of small businesses and plenty of businesses that can get a little bigger. But if you get real big, tax rate's going to go quite a bit up. You're going to have to keep that in mind as you have big expansive efforts. 
And smart, educated people will know that, too, working for big, massive entities. So. Anyway, stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.